Yeah, I think it's one of the best things about Knoxville. Uh, we have over 50 miles of trails that are right here inside the city limits, but you wouldn't know it because you feel like you're out in the middle of the woods. Welcome to Trail Effect. I am your host, Josh Blum. Trail Effect is a show that dives into the stories behind trails, the communities that embrace trails, and the people who rely on trails as a way of life. The goal of this show is to turn the stories you will hear from our guests into useful knowledge that can be applied to your community while providing some entertaining and inspirational content. Guests on Trail Effect include trail builders, board members, community leaders, volunteers, and regular people who really enjoy trails. For episode 45, we bring you part four of the Knoxville series. The mayor of Knoxville, Mayor India Kincannon, is our guest for this episode. We discuss all of the great things that trails, the urban wilderness, and outdoor recreation has done for the community of Knoxville. Support for Trail Effect comes from Smith's Bike Shop in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Smith's is a full-service bike shop that is a retailer for Trek Bicycle Company and Salsa Cycles. Smith's also has a full line of components and accessories from Bontrager and other various companies. For more information about Smith's Bike Shop, go to www.smithsbikes.com. A special thanks goes out to Ben Wellenick of Mountain Bike Radio for supporting this podcast and to the people who have shared their time and knowledge. Without this, we would not have these stories to tell. This podcast is an Evolution Trail Services production. For more information about Evolution Trail Services, go to www.evotrails.com. All right. Well, uh, my name is India Kincannon. I'm the mayor of Knoxville, Tennessee. I've been mayor uh, a little over a year and a half now. So uh, first elected towards the very and, and t- took office at the end of 2019. And I'm originally from Virginia, uh, grew up there and uh, moved here uh, 20 years ago when my husband got a job at University of Tennessee. And we didn't know a soul here when we moved here. And We didn't know what to expect, but uh, we loved the rolling hills and and we said, let's give it a try. Uh, We had two kids. We still have two kids. They're uh, in college now, but uh, I got involved in public service. I had a background in teaching and a background of master's in public policy. And uh, when I got here, I was a little worried about the quality of our public schools. So I found out that there was an open seat on the school board. I ran and won despite having just moved here not long before and served on the school board as a member and chair for 10 years and really enjoyed that experience, learned a lot, left that to go teach abroad for a year in Slovenia and then came back, started working for the, my predecessor as mayor. And one of her greatest accomplishments was uh, making major progress and, and securing the land for the urban wilderness. And I was a big fan of that. And learned a lot. Uh, She was term limited and I left my role with her to run to succeed her. And there's uh, six people who ran. I was the only woman running and worked really hard and managed to win. So I'm thrilled uh, thrilled to be mayor. It really is a dream job for me. Uh, I love the work and, and, you know, it has been hard. It's been a hard time during the pandemic, big challenges with policing and and reimagining policing and, and addressing issues of racial inequities. So it's been a very challenging time. And people often ask me, how have I managed to sort of stay sane and maintain some sense of equilibrium during these challenging times? And 
being outside and uh, mountain biking, walking, hiking, enjoying uh, nature, that's like my mainstay. That's what keeps me balanced and sane and some level of fitness, uh, but just uh, being outside and enjoying, enjoying that uh, really is helpful to me in, in every way. So, uh, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Let's talk about Knoxville. Okay. As a as a community, you know, what's the size of Knoxville, mm-hmm. the topography around it? Like what yeah. are you guys known for? Well, Knoxville is a city uh we're uh closing in on two hundred thousand people. We are in a metro area of closer close to a half a million. We are uh regional capital of East Tennessee. I like to think of us as uh the cosmopolitan center uh and cultural life of East Tennessee and Appalachia. We are the home of the flagship University of Tennessee, Knoxville, which is our state's flagship university, land-grant university. Uh, It's been around since the late 1700s. The um, university, I'd say Knoxville is really well known for the volunteers for University of Tennessee. We are also the home of Tennessee Valley Authority and Oak Ridge National Lab. The other thing, um, if you're familiar with the University of Tennessee, the nickname of its location is called Rocky Top. So we're well known in East Tennessee for the beautiful Smoky Mountains. We're hilly, we're rocky, uh, we're Appalachian, and we were not ever a place where you could have large farms and agriculture. There are people who grow things for sure, but uh, always had to be sort of small farmsteads, people sort of making making more sustenance farming uh and getting by and and mountain hollers and that sort of thing and i think uh, in times past people have regarded our topography as a barrier as a limit and one of the things i love about knoxville today is that we now embrace our topography and say okay we can't have a massive flat lot of land but we have these beautiful mountains we have more and more focus on outdoor recreation as a form for residents to be healthier, but also to bring in visitors and, and have our mountain biking and trail community, but also our, our blue ways, our green ways. You know, this topography is something that's sort of unique and not found everywhere. And people love it once they get here, if they choose to live here, and they'll come here to visit for that reason, too. So but those are some of the things we're mainful. We're also the... Um, beginning of the Tennessee River, the French Broad and Holston River uh, connect here to form the Tennessee River, which travels 652 miles all uh, through Tennessee, down touching Alabama, and then ending up uh, in Paducah, Kentucky. So we've been, uh, we are one of the Tennessee River Line communities and working on embracing the resource of the Tennessee River for, for commerce, for recreation, for its natural beauty and that sort of thing is um, working working on that as well. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about what urban wilderness actually is, because that might be a term that not a lot of people are familiar with. I've gotten familiar with it in the couple of days I've been here, and it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I think it's one of the best things about Knoxville. Uh, we have over 50 miles of trails that are right here inside the city limits, but you wouldn't know it because you feel like you're out in the middle of the woods. And we have downhill trails with a lot of features and, and going really fast and with embankments and for people who really like those kinds of activities, but also a lot of single track trails for, for runners and bikers and hikers that are, are very quiet and pastoral. And it's all five to 10 minutes from downtown. It's all, so you can be on a trail and then you know, back having uh, tacos and a beer 
two minutes away from from the trails. And so we those of those trails have been started by, you know, initially maybe hunters and uh, over time the city's acquired more land and and didn't always know what to do with it. But we have a great mountain biking community and we're the we have the Appalachian Mountain Bike Club. Uh, I'm a member of that club and I have been on uh, trail work days and I I firmly believe that it's the members of that club, along with partners like Legacy Parks that have helped the city see that trails and mountain biking and just trails and urban wilderness in general are just a unique asset. And so now they're part of our park system. Uh, the city uh, helps maintain them, but we couldn't do it without all the volunteers who who help build the trails, maintain the trails, cut down trees when they block the trails. Uh, don't go on the trails when they're muddy, uh, that sort of thing. So it's a really unique asset. And I think we're seeing that and embracing that more than ever as a municipality, but also as a recruitment tool. We've got a lot of uh, businesses who come here because of the University of Tennessee students who are going to graduate and be well prepared to enter all kinds of fields, but they need a high quality of life. And part of that is great things to do outside and recreationally. So. The urban wilderness is is really big, really unique, and I'm I'm a huge fan, and I'm glad that the to be a mayor who can embrace that and use it, and encourage other people to do the same. So you just hit on a couple of different topics. One of the topics that that I personally like to hit on a lot is a lot of people go the tourism route with mountain biking, but I like to go the route of what it can do for your community and your quality of life for the residents of the community, not just people that come to your community, you know, and how has that, like, how has that been received as far as both the residents and the businesses? I mean, have there been positive supporters of, of the urban wilderness? Yeah. Well, I think that, uh, local people who are into mountain biking have always embraced it. It's had, we've had to win people over in, in the broader community in part, uh, the urban wilderness is in a tract of land that was supposed to have a huge highway running through it, uh, that would, help people quickly get around Knoxville to um, Sevier County. And there's a lot of people who were proponents of that highway, the way, you know, it had been promised and people like to get from place A to place B as fast as possible sometimes and, and don't always see uh, what those costs are, maybe inadvertent. But that project took a long time to uh, mature and it never happened. And then finally, uh, the previous mayor was able to work with regional mayors around the state to say, no, we think it's now an, a better idea to have this as the urban wilderness and to deal with transportation, vehicular transportation in other ways. So that took a little doing. Uh, it took some political skill. It, uh, some people were upset about it. But now, uh, years later, people see the benefits, not just to South Knoxville, where the urban wilderness resides, but to the, all, the whole city. When you go there, you do see visitors from out of state and out of the region, but you also see people from all parts of uh, Knoxville itself who come there to walk the trails. Uh, there's also intermingled, there's play spaces for children. There's um, a pump track for people who really are into that. And that can be skateboarders. That can be, you know, people who uh, are just learning. There's all different levels of the pump track. Uh, people are doing, you know, crazy jumps and stuff that I would never try. So there's something for everybody, and people are also certainly starting to see how that Im impacts in a positive way businesses, home values, and just people's 
attention to the properties in and around there. They see that uh, people want to live there. The schools are starting to embrace the urban wilderness as a, there's several schools in and around it that could walk to those trails. So there's a lot of wins and the community is uh, embracing it in a way like n- never before. Yeah. And one of the things I've noticed here, especially is you're literally coming out of some trails right in between houses, mm-hmm. like right. And you have like true neighborhood connectivity. Absolutely. There's a lot of neighborhoods that, yeah, there's re- the only bikers can go through because it's not like there's a parking area right there. It's just right in the middle of a residential neighborhood. But luckily there are some places that are uh, connected to schools or other places where there are some parking spots. And also we've added some places where people can refill their water bottles, which is important too. And even some places to, uh, you know, deal with bike flats and tire issues and that sort of thing. So it's very connected. It's made uh, the properties in and around the urban wilderness much more valuable and sought after. And this has been a part of town that has had issues with blight and inattention. And and that is changing over. And that is really positive for our economy and for the people who live here, for sure. And it appears that a lot of the land is really where the trails are located is really unusable in terms of other types of de- development. Yeah, uh, we have had instances in the past where people tried to develop along our ridge tops and it's it's very it's not good for the environment it's not good for erosion it's not good for uh, protecting our our views of our hilltops and ridge tops so most of this land had never been developed because it's so hard and that and now it's protected and going to be used in ways that complement the houses and and people who live right here so they can use these ridge tops in ways that protect the natural beauty help us have ways to exercise our be outside and good for our mental health, physical health, all of that stuff. So yeah, it's it's really uh, positive. And again, like I said, people have seen our hilliness as a liability, and now just the opposite is happening. People are embracing it as an asset. In terms of investment, um, this is another thing that comes up, you know, regularly where I live. When you talk about investment into trails compared to other types of inf- infrastructure, how do you see it? I mean, I look at it as a pretty good bang for your buck. I think it's a huge return on investment. First and foremost, my interest is in making things better for the people who live in Knoxville. And I think this for sure does. It gives people access to the outdoors. You need, not everyone's going to just go out in the woods and walk if there's not a trail there. We're also investing in uh, Gateway, which we've uh, started the first phase of. And now the second phase is going to be adding bathrooms and accessible features. So people who may be in wheelchairs, they're not maybe going to go on the hardest trails, but they can still go on trails that are accessible to people in wheelchairs. All those kinds of things make it accessible for people, you know, infants to seniors, people of different ability types. And that's what we want. We want, it used to be that some of our, I started running on these trails uh, 20 years ago and they didn't have any names. You just sort of had to know where you were going and it was super fun and it was really quiet. And I would bring my dog with me and we had a great time. But now you run into people on the trails and that's a positive thing because more people are using them. There's signs, there's maps, there's apps, uh, there's there's reviews like this is green, this is blue, this is uh, experts only. And all of that means more people are able to access them and use them, whether they're brand new to hiking or or not. We also have incorporated our Urban Wilderness is connected to two awesome uh, quarries, which you can swim in and you can uh, rent paddle boards and, and canoes and kayaks. And 
And those have been, those quarries were dumping grounds. People literally brought their household trash and would litter and dump all around the quarries. They would engage in other illicit activities. They were not safe spaces. And now they've been reclaimed. I mean, of course, they originally were quarries. Uh, Knoxville was known for its marble. And some of the marble that was uh, brought out of Knoxville is, was used in the U.S. Capitol and other buildings in Washington, D.C. and buildings around here. So those quarries were working quarries. And then they were abandoned and became, you know, dumps. And now they've been reclaimed and people use them all the time. And it's just wonderful to see. And I did notice that today. I'm trying to think where I was, where I saw some uh, horse, where you could run some stand-up pedal boards. Mead's quarry. It was Mead's quarry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We have yep. two quarries and that's the smaller one and it's pretty big. Uh, and we have uh, an outfitter there where you can rent things and you can also buy some refreshments and beers there if you want to, uh, but it's real family friendly. It's free. That's what's amazing. A lot of the amenities that we have in our urban wilderness in other places, you have to pay to use them just like you would like at a ski resort. But here in Knoxville, Tennessee, they're free and open to the public. And I'm really proud of that because I want everybody to have access to these opportunities, not just, you know, people can, who, you know, are uh, higher income levels. Oh, for sure. That is a huge, huge component of what urban wilderness and other communities like this are doing because we do have to lower that barrier of entry to get more people involved. What other types of outdoor recreation activities do you see or do you are you able to partake in here in Knoxville? Well, um, a lot of kayaking and there's nearby like whitewater rafting. We have a lot of, you know, flatter water here. Um, so all kinds of river activities, uh, running, there's a lot of, a lot of events with, um, you know, tri triathlons that are sort of, we have, you know, conventional ones, but also ones where you combine mountain biking, trail running and swims in a quarry or in open water. What, what other things? Road biking is really popular on some of our more rural roads because it's, it's hilly and beautiful and just especially in the spring and fall, just the weather's perfect. Uh, summer can get a little hot and winter can get a little cold, but road, you know, just uh, people are more and more biking for commuting. I bike to work today. I have a commuter bike and I just uh, more and more people are doing that, particularly as we uh, build out bike infrastructure so people can you safely get from place to place with with bike lanes and and that sort of thing. We're not as far along on that as as we hope to be someday, but we're we're making progress all the time. So we are hoping to bring back shared bikes, you know, where people can um, use public bikes just to get in around the denser parts of our city. Some other outdoor recreation things. Do you have much for rock climbing around here? Oh yeah, there there is some rock climbing. Um, there's a, a not. Part of Mead's Quarry has the crag uh, where you can do rock climbing. And there's some indoor rock climbing centers, you know, where you can learn the, learn the skills and practice uh, in all kinds of weather and then take it outside to nearby state parks also have uh, good rock climbing things. I'm, I personally am not as uh, familiar with rock climbing. I'm more of a hiker than a, than a climber. But uh, yeah, I knew there are people who are very connected to that as well. And obviously backpacking. We have some stuff here in Knoxville, but state parks, the Big South Fork and the Great Smoky National Mountains. I mean, we're 45 minutes from uh, one of the most fabulous national parks in our country. And, you know, there's overnight lodging at at Mount LeConte. Amazing views. There are views up there that you just, you know, can't believe that it's real life there. And And you're only a little bit of ways from Knoxville, Tennessee, but you feel like you're in the middle of nowhere because you just see ridge after ridge after ridge 
of the beautiful Smoky Mountains, and and all, and it's a really unique biome up there. A lot of different species and that sort of thing. So, let's back up a little bit to your greenways. That's something that you know I've been here for a couple of days, and I've been looking at like the Trail Forks app, which mm-hmm. which has a lot of greenways on it and stuff too. And to me, it seems like you guys are actually you are pretty far along in terms of having that that bike infrastructure for commuting. Yeah, we've made so much progress uh, on greenways and we are in the process of investing more, particularly on those connections where, you you know, it's getting those rights of ways and the land and, and making sure that bikes can safely traverse, you know, some of our bigger highways where you're not going to ride along a sidewalk next to a major highway. So we're working on that, but we have a great system in place already. Uh, and, and I see more and more people utilizing it. I think one of the silver linings to the pandemic is that people have used our parks and our greenways uh, more than ever before because being outside uh, is super safe and you know being outside and exercising and just moving our bodies is is just been something that uh, everybody's welcomed as an opportunity so our parks have seen more use in the last year and a half than uh, ever before and so that's good. When we put more investments in parks, no one complains. Everyone's like, yes, we need uh, these facilities and they don't come for free. I mean, nature is free, but to have uh, the maintenance of that so it's safe. So we have the greenways uh, that are paved and we have bathrooms from, you know, from place to place so people can um, you know, take care of those needs. And also we have in our parks uh, several Many of them have covered areas. So covered outdoor ventilated spaces have been in high demand. So that we've seen great use in that regard too. But seeing people, we're, we're also hoping one vision I have that I want to work on with partners from across the community is a signature pedestrian bridge across the Tennessee River. So people can access, uh, University of Tennessee campus and South Knoxville and downtown and not need a car. So that's something that's part of the big vision for it might not happen right away. The bridges are quite expensive, but uh, we have 30,000 students at University of Tennessee and we can't have them all in cars. And uh, a lot of millennials and Gen Zers are happy to consider other modes of transportation if, if it's possible and safe. So that's, that's something that we are continuing to work on. Yeah, it's an inter- interesting dynamic when you provide the, uh, the facilities. They actually do get used. Absolutely. If you build it, they will come. And uh, I've seen that more and more as we have more bike infrastructure, more people use it. And then they want, you know, just make sure those connections exist. So I'm really, really pleased we're going to be, I I just uh, put together my American Rescue Plan budget and and a big chunk of that is going towards improvements in our parks, greenways and sidewalks because those are uh, very important and essential to a, a strong, healthy city. Oh, for sure. Let's talk about you and how you got into mountain biking. Yeah, well, I first tried mountain biking um, years ago and, and, and loved it and then just set it aside for a while. I don't know. It was before I lived here. And I think what, what made me come back to it when I moved to Knoxville was the community. Because you always it's more fun when you bike with other people and when you're part of a bigger community. And I had a, one of my good friends, uh, Tina introduced me to it and and um, encouraged me and she had me out there on a, a borrowed bike that was a really high quality bike and which went well as long as i was riding but she also put me into the the you know the pedals where you click on and 
that didn't go so well the first few times. So I've learned that flat pedals are fine for me. Uh, I, I know that when, you know, some people have their preferences otherwise, but having that sense of community it, and to me being out in nature and not having to worry about cars is, is something like that I find especially appealing about mountain biking versus road biking or, or bike commuting. You can really just sort of get lost and enjoy enjoy the experience. And and also, I'm not so good that I can't not pay attention. I have to pay close attention so I don't fall. And I like being in the zone where you can't think about anything else. So that combination of things is very appealing. And, and I try to get out there whenever I can. Well, how do you want to close this thing? Well, I'm so grateful that you came to Knoxville and that you've had a chance to enjoy our trails. And I'm I'm pleased that more and more communities across this country are embracing their topography and the need for trails for recreation and for transportation. It's just really positive. And I feel like it's a big part of how we can, one part of how we can address climate change needs too. It's fun. It's sustainable. It's good for our bodies. It's good for the globe. So thank you for being here and and preaching uh, this vision of uh, more trails and, and communities that embrace it. It's good stuff. Yeah, it, this has been an amazing trip. Uh, yeah, I'm staying with Matthew Kellogg at his place or his property. And like, everybody I meet is so welcoming, Yeah, you good. know, and super accommodating. And it's just been, it's just been an awesome, yeah, awesome well, week here in Knoxville. Good. I'm so glad. Well, I hope you come back again. Oh, for sure. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Links for the various topics discussed in the show can be found in the show notes. Our next episode, part five of the Knoxville series, will feature story time with Brian Han. If you like what you've heard, please take the time to share these shows with others. Sharing these shows will help create awareness of both the guests who have taken the time to be on the show and the podcast series itself. This podcast has been made possible by Mountain Bike Radio, Smith's Bike Shop in La Crosse, Wisconsin, and is an Evolution Trail Services production. If you have ideas on future communities or people to feature on Trail Effect, please don't hesitate to reach out by emailing evolutiontrails at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening.